You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with my bookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. Today on the ZabeCast, is college football better than the NFL? Not always, but this weekend, oh hell yeah. Alabama escapes, Jim Harbaugh gets the monkey off his back, and chaos is brewing. Andy Pollan joins me to discuss, I made the mistake of asking him to state a moral opinion. Shame on me. All that plus thoughts on Brooks versus Bryson, and goats have rights too. Your 35-minute uncensored Zabe Express is locked and loaded, so... Buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Monday, November 29, 2021. Thank you for downloading. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend with whomever you chose to spend it with or whomever you were assigned to spend it with. Wow, what a scene! At Michigan, big house, as Jim Harbaugh finally gets the monkey off his back. He'd been 0-5 in the game, the big game, the game, against those sons of bitches to the south. Can't even say him by name. And he finally breaks through with an emphatic, thorough, beat-down win against Ohio State. The snow was falling. Gus Johnson was calling the game. He's so good. On college. I like Joel Klatt as well. I think this is my number one favorite team. I think they're better than Fowler and Herb Street. I think Fowler is very good, but his voice is not, doesn't have enough punch to it, doesn't cut through enough. It's soft in its edges and tonality. It doesn't have the oomph and the gravitas of August Johnson. I think Gary Danielson is 
solid as an analyst, but I think Brad Nessler's too corporate. Oh, I miss Uncle Vern. Do I miss him badly? I missed him during that Alabama-Auburn game. I was like, oh, man. Had to explain to my folks, you know, this game between Alabama and Auburn uh, once ended on a crazy play. Called a kick six, 106 yards, failed field goal attempt, went the other way. They wouldn't believe me. They didn't believe me because they're not big sports fans, but that's why we watch sports. So the Michigan game moved me to uh, issue a tweet that I thought I thought hit home. I thought it got some good traction. I got a lot of likes and some retweets on it. I said, God bless college football. It remains one of the last big analog spectacles in the world, not just sports, that brings people together in a world that is getting smaller, stupider, and more digital all the time. And what I mean by that, it's an analog thing, is just that. It's analog. This is why going hunting, which many of you did during the uh, Thanksgiving weekend, as it was rifle season for deer in many parts of the country, um, is a very analog thing. It's not digital. It's physical. You're outside. You're listening. You're looking for something to shoot. It's quiet. Now, probably people will say, oh, don't be so sure about that, Zabe. I bring my, I listen to this podcast in my deer stand. Okay, so it's partly digital. But my point is, whether it's hunting or playing golf, there's another reason why golf is such an awesome game, the greatest game ever invented. It's purely analog. You're too consumed when you're out there. How am I going to get this stupid ball into the hole with this club that doesn't seem to want to hit it straight? And I'm in this lie and I'm in this patch of rough and I'm in this hole. And how I can't putt now. You don't have time to be checking tweets and stuff. Although sadly I do sometimes in the golf cart when I'm bored waiting between shots. But yeah, for the most part, golf is an analog thing. There are analog things in life we've got to start doing again to keep ourselves sane because we're too wrapped up in a fake digital world of our phones and our computers and our social media. And that stadium, that's 107,000 people plus plus gathering together, freezing cold, in the snow, cheering on a football team, not knowing the outcome, getting out of their house. Yeah, they had their phones with them. I'm sure they tweeted a few things. By the way, what's the cell reception at the big house? Anyone know? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it impossible? It's a lot of people trying to connect to a limited number of network nodes all at one time. Nerd! But it's just a great spectacle. I was so happy to see it. The Packers beat the Rams. I know you guys wanted me to give a quick take on this. Much further detail coming up on 97.3 The Game. Uh, in the mornings with the boys in Wisconsin. You can listen to it on the iHeart app as well. But I promised you I'd give a quick blush to the uh, game on Sundays, even if it's a late game, like the Bears game will be in a couple of weeks' time. They got a bye, and then they got the Bears at home after that. Um, Rodgers seems fine to me, doesn't he? He said he got his pinky toe, the one that's not COVID toe, shot up with a painkiller. Couldn't feel it, could only feel nine toes, was able to rush for a touchdown and outrushed Jalen Ramsey to the corner. Who would have seen that coming? Didn't seem to limp, didn't seem to hop, didn't seem to favorite. Threw a lot of really sick passes all over the place. Randall Cobb was balling until he suffered a g-g-g-groin injury. Ooh, I hate those. So one of the few injuries I can claim, ooh, I had that. No fun. Of course, he's a professional athlete, so he should be able to come back from that. 
Uh, Razul Douglas, great pick six. Pretty much put the dagger in the game, even though there was a little bit of drama after that. That's the second game that Razul Douglas has basically won by himself. That and the Arizona game. He was a street-free agent at some point. This I think he was a street-free agent. I forgot how good he got him. Or he might have got him in a low-level trade. Either way, he's been fantastic filling in for the injured Jair Alexander all year long. And of course, they start Troy Aikman starts in with the Matt Stafford injury excuse narrative. Take that and shove it. Don't want to hear it. Rashawn Gary was supposed to be hurt. Didn't look like it. Made an unbelievable speed rush play right past Andrew Whitworth and then crushed Stafford. Guy nearly had his arm ripped off a couple weeks ago. Uh, there was also a throat grab by Aaron Donald of Lucas Patrick that I'm like, did he just Darth Vader him? Like, <laughs> lifting him off the ground? No flag on that. I mean, the officiating, please. Also, I felt like the muffed punt by Cobb was called incorrectly. I understand exactly what Matt LaFleur was complaining about. A a receiving player on a punt has the right to call fair catch. And if the ball pops out of his hands or bounces off his helmet straight up into the air, he still has all the time and space and right to catch the ball off of his helmet as it bounces straight up into the air without being molested. You can't say, oh, it bounced off your helmet. I'm going to go grab it right from you and then run for a touchdown. Just because you bobble it doesn't mean it's Ali Ali oxen free. And the guy for the Rams who caught it in midair dove in to get it and collided with Cobb. And I thought Cobb had a chance if he laid out fingertips of catching the ball. But apparently the referees deemed that it didn't fit the reasonable chance to catch the ball on a muff punt before it hits the ground. I'm like, reasonable? There was every reasonable bit he had a chance. He could have got his hands on it. I thought he was entitled to that, and I thought it should have been called the other way. So did Matt LaFleur. He didn't win the challenge, though, which wasn't even a challenge. He just kind of complained about it. But... Packers go into the bye. Other than the Cobb injury, I think everyone is mostly good. They're now eight and three. They get eight and three. No, they're nine and three. Is it okay? Hold on a second. Goddamn, checking all these exact numbers and facts and figures. I'm trying to do a live podcast here. I don't have a co-host to help sort it out. Standings. I know I should know this, but I get things wrong. I'd rather just wait here and get things right. They go into the bye week in a great position for home field advantage in the playoffs, which matters a lot. Tampa won Sunday uh, as they shut down Jonathan Taylor for three quarters, and then he went went wild on the final drive. There was a guy in the stands wearing a run-the-ball hat they kept showing in Indianapolis. Pretty damn funny. But, of course, Brady and the Buccaneers, you know, they do what they do. Leonard Fournette was an absolute beast in this game. So Tampa's 8-3. and three. Green Bay is now 9-3, and three, and they head to the bye. One of the latest buys of all the contenders. So with the Cowboys losing on Thursday, that helps their 7-4. and four. And with uh, beating the Rams, who are now 7-4, and four, they've already got a half game up on Arizona, 9-2. They're on a bye this week. They're in a great shape, the Packers are, as they head down the stretch here. They've got the Bears on Monday night against Andy Dalton, no, Sunday night against Andy Dalton after the bye. 
Then they have the – check their schedule here. Uh, I know they get the Browns on Christmas Day. So, yeah, they are going to have uh, a final few weeks where you get the Vikings at home, their final home game. They get the Lions on the road. So they got a good shot at it. Just got to keep any further injuries from coming in, but dominant effort at Lambeau Field. More on this on 97.3 The Game. Okay, time now for our man, Andrew Pauling. Hello. I can almost predict one of the topics on radio tomorrow, coast to coast. You ready? All right. Is college football... (laughs) You're laughing already. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is college football better than the NFL? We'll take your calls at (laughs) 1-800-DOUCHEBAG. You feel me? You you can see it coming, right? After an otherwise lackluster NFL weekend, right? There really wasn't much exciting this afternoon. And with all that went down on Saturday... I'm I'm telling you, it's coming. It's a well, coming. It, 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 Joel Klatt, who's like I guess the Fox number one analyst. He is. Uh, he already yeah. He already tweeted that out. You know, oh, yeah. there's nothing better. And that's you know that's that's this past weekend where you had a couple of amazing games. You know, the Michigan game and the incredible Alabama game. But I'll take the balance of an NFL season over a college season, which includes these games against hyphenated schools at the beginning of the year when you're waiting 56 to 7, you know? Yeah, I, you know, this is a weekend in which it's going to be easy to say college football is better than the NFL because of the drama and because right. it all came to a head this weekend. However, on any given Saturday, depending on what game you're watching, college football can be an absolute bore, a drudge fest. It can be an annihilating, pointless three-and-a-half-hour exercise, right? Right. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you this. The the uh, overtime debate has reared up oh, again. Oh, and- it, wait, 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 wait. There's a debate? Well, what rational person could take the side well, of, is- this is be- fine, this makes you know- sense? Well, there are college people who say, well, you don't have any games that ended in a tie, which is true. But but you also have, and and I think the Alabama-Auburn game would have been better if it ended in a tie the way they settled it. But uh, (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Hot take city. You think a tie would have been better than Alabama winning? representative of playing football than the nonsense in the way they decided that game. Oh, yeah. Second time I've seen it. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. The, 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 so the funny thing is, I think a lot of people tweeted right now, people are now just learning for the first time. The casual college football fan that missed the nine overtime, overtime, quote unquote, Penn State game against, mm-hmm. was it Iowa? This Illinois. Year? Illinois. Illinois, right. right. They, they missed that game because it wasn't on their radar. So the casual fan tuning in for Alabama-Auburn on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving weekend with family is like, wait. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one yeah. person in the room had to be the one to explain it. Like, well, here's the new rules. I was that one person with my wife and my two my parents. Uh, right. You know, my wife, not a sports fan, and my mom, a football fan, but very casual on the college front. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. dad, who just didn't give a shit. My dad's a blackjack player. I had to say, Dad, it's like blackjack. You don't know when you're going second in overtime. You don't when you're going first. Do you do it. Yeah, when you're first, you don't know what the dealer has. 
So you want the best hand you can get without being too risky. Do you want to go for a touchdown or do you want to go for a field goal? I, I thought I thought the whole mishmash at the end was ridiculous. And I also don't like the fact that you score and then you get you the ball for your next possession because you got the momentum. I mean, it's just you know, well, do it do it the way they used to do it. Please flip a coin. Somebody plays defense, somebody plays offense, first team to scores wins. That's it. Yeah. Were you always on that side in yes. college and pro? That there yeah, is not yeah. a goddamn thing wrong with traditional coin flip, sudden death. No, because because the basic rules of football are: when you have the ball, your goal is to score. When you don't have the ball, your goal is to stop the other team. Right. And yes, you could make the argument that that's true the way they decide overtime, but it doesn't represent the way the rest of the football game is played. It's yeah. like deciding a game with three sets of tennis. It doesn't make sense. I know. Well, it, it makes sense to the fairies out there. Yeah. The yeah, fairies but... are those who think it's not fair that the other team didn't get a chance. Led by the number one fairy himself, Peter King. He's the yeah. one that ruined it in the NFL. Because yeah, he had yeah. that column about, I can't believe a playoff game was decided without the great Peyton Manning ever touching the football. Boom. Two years later, they changed the rules. Yeah. He has power. Yeah. He has power. So it's a stupid thing, but Alabama effing escapes. Yeah, great teams will do that. And, you know, I, I think Gary Danielson, remember the name of the, the back that went out of bounds for Auburn, he, he laid so much of the blame on him. You know, if, if he makes a first down there, it's game over. But, you know, I, I don't know if you necessarily blame him for the way they lost that game. I think – I think what happened there was he realized I'm getting close to the boundary. I need to kind of stop trying. Mm -hmm. And he tried to sit down on his butt, but the yep. defender kind of held him up and then pulled him out of bounds. Well, that's, you know, smart players on Alabama. They're I know. Well, well coached. I had a, I had a bigger criticism of head coach Brian Harson who I had to look up because I'd already forgotten who the fuck is coaching Auburn these days since they've been going through them left and right and left and right while Nick Saban just keeps piling up championships across the state, right? And mm -hmm. I thought Harson got chicken on third and four or whatever it was when the TV guys are going, they're sending a full blitz here, just a full run blitz to make sure they stop them here. And I'm like, yeah, play action, play action, play yeah. action. Right trigger C button, right trigger C button. You <laughs> pussy. And they ran up the middle because they're like, well, we're going to play defense. And they have to go 98 yards to beat us. And well, what happened? They went 98 yeah. yards and they beat yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a scared great team. Money, it's scared money don't make money. Cowardly coaching decisions are always punished, in my opinion, right. Andy. Also, it, uh, Auburn, you know, it's just a matter of which bowl that they really didn't have a lot to play for there. So why not, no. you know, be more risky than they were? But <laughs> Right. You would have thought you know. it was more house money, but they just, they played not to lose and they lost. Sure. Alabama converted a fourth down. Sure. Alabama got that incredible uh, catch in the end zone. Uh, of course, Alabama made a great play to block their two-point conversion in the fourth overtime, whatever they're calling it. <laughs> By the way, will they change? Will they will they change that overtime rule? I don't know, uh, Andy. I'm going to call you right back this year and assess me, at the end. I don't know. Let me call you right back. This connection shit. Call you right back. Okay. All right. We'll see if this is any better. Check. Check.
Sounds good. Yeah, this is FaceTime audio. Okay, here, okay, here we go. All right, we're back on FaceTime audio because the regular cell connection was crapping out on a Sunday night. Oh, that sounds a lot better. Andy, how are you? Mm-hmm. I'm good, and you? Wow, that's, that actually sounds echoids, but it, it's like a very present sound. <laughs> I'm just sitting here in my bedroom with oh. the uh, TV with the sound down, so... <laughs> Anyway, uh, the other thing, and, and I just spent a little bit of time riffing on this, Michigan's win over Ohio State was absolutely epic on oh, so many was, levels. That was great. And, you know, every I was ready to write off, you know, Harbaugh as being, you know, somewhat overrated, but he called a great game. They were ready. Uh, the big house, you know, the, the one thing I will say about atmosphere at college games versus pro games there is no comparison because there's not a stadium that has a hundred thousand people and not all of them are, you know, you don't have you know half of them painting their bodies, you know, <laughs> in the school colors and, and drunk and all that. I mean, it, the, the whole thing was just great. And, uh, you know, I, I've been watching these Ohio state Michigan games since the seventies. Right. And it seems like no matter where they play, whether it's in, uh, in Ann Arbor or whether it's in Columbus, the weather's always the same, right? It's always just like wow. that, you know, snow and sleet and cold. And, you know, it's just, it's just a great, great atmosphere. 107,601 official listed capacity filled yeah. to the gills, a flat underground bowl basically you walk up to the edge of it it's all mm-hmm. below you apparently yeah. i've never been i gotta go i want to see the spectacle and they are one of the old battleships of college football that has kind of lost its way as of late and finally jim harbaugh after six years now seemingly has got it bent in the right direction yeah he, he lost a really close one about five years ago to urban meyer Right. But uh, the last few are lopsided, and to put the lumber to Ohio State the way they did was really impressive. Yeah, I just uh, you know this is a hundred and seven thousand people willingly leaving their house on a cold day to go gather, to fight parking, to stand around for three and a half hours with the very real possibility that the game goes not your way, and that you're slunking out of there with a twenty-one point ass kicking hung around your neck. And yet they still show up. Right. They show up for tradition. They show up for tr- family. They show up to see old friends tailgating. They show up because that's what's always been done. And the tradition continues. I fucking love it. <laughs> uh, my uh, my producer, uh, Lauren Durnham, who grew up in uh, Alabama, says there's no comparison between the rivalry between Auburn and Alabama and the one between Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, having never been involved in either one, I don't know. But the thing about Alabama is that you have fans who are in the same family. Like they're both schools in the same state versus Ohio versus Michigan. So the the intensity of that, it may be bigger. I've never felt it. I felt it more on TV with Ohio State, Michigan, but maybe that is the case. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the Auburn-Alabama rivalry started in the 19th century, in mm-hmm. 1893, but I think it has more new school ring to it. I'd have to read up about uh, the series and, and, and the games and everything else, but the, the Michigan-Ohio State one is even more – bitter and more hard fought i think every year yeah i mean I, you know they're both great hard to say and also you know the michigan ohio state one was marked between woody and bo who worked together on the same staff and then bo left 
and took over and I think immediately put the uh, rivalry in high gear when he upset Ohio State in 68. 68, they had a great team. And uh, and Bo's team beat them, and that's that's what really set that thing off. Yeah, Auburn won six in a row in this thing in the early two thousands before mm-hmm. Nick Saban arrived, and oh, now yeah. it's it's the tide has definitely turned. Um, you know, Saban had a great rant before the game, yeah, about yeah, how I pissed off you saw that right. It was on his radio show. He did it, uh, I guess, on Monday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he wound up winning a close game. Does that get people off his back for, for not beating Auburn by two touchdowns? I don't know. But it's interesting the way it all timed out. The guy who invented the phrase rat poison, don't eat the yeah. rat poison and everything else, talking about exactly. self-absorbed fans and about how, you know what, you know, when I first came here, you know, people just, they, they wanted to win a game. We were happy we won yeah. a game. Now it's like we don't win with enough style points, and people just want more and more and more. He's part of the problem. He's, he's given them such great football for all these years. They're spoiled. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the pressure cooker that you invent. Uh, yeah. A lot of guys get burned out on it. When I came here, everybody was on. happy to win a game. All right, now we're not happy to win a game I, anymore. I, uh, you, you won. We won the game. All right. <laughs> That's all you can say about this one. We won the game. All right. We're not happy to win a game at all. All right. We think we should win games by whatever. And I don't think that's fair to the players either. All right. Because our players work our, their butt off all right, to be the best that they can be. All right. And to get criticized for what they work hard for to do so that you can be entertained. All right, so that you can enjoy and have pride and passion for what they accomplish and what they do. And they're not perfect. Yeah, and he just this was him ramping it up. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah. I appreciate it. So that's the good side of college football. The bad side was evidenced earlier on Sunday when the television show for the uh, Oklahoma Sooner football program had their host tweet out, well, Looks like you've been stood up by the coach. Lincoln Riley has taken the job at USC. See you later, everybody. I'm out of here. Well, you know, that, that's the way these things are set up. And somebody, But isn't it, of- doesn't it feel dirty to you? No. Why? Because it is. Have He's have just leaving left- the program in a lurch. This, If this happened in the NFL, would you say, well, that's just the way it is? Well, if you're if you have the ability to move on and take another job, why should you be prevented from doing it? Well, I'm just saying it's not how coaching should be. You're asking young men to come play for you at a school for well, a reason, and then you can leave without having to sit out at all. Well, that's that's over in, for the players too. The transfer portal has changed everything. I know every every year. In, in football and basketball from now on, it's going to be a completely different team. But that, I'd say just, I'd say moving for a kid to a different program is more difficult than a coach. And they're not making, you know, $50 million to move. Well, but that's, you know, once you sign the contract, right. like, for example, Jimbo Fisher at uh, Texas A&M, if they fire him without cause, they owe him $95 million. Right. If he wants to walk to another job, he can do it. And and doesn't know them a dime. All right, listeners, I apologize. I asked Andy to state a moral opinion, and I know there's no moral. Oh, you want a morality (laughs) play on college football? Are you kidding me? Shush! I'm talking to my listeners, and I thought, and I thought for a second he would have a opinion on the morality of this. When Andy is not that way, he's a literal guy. He's like, this is how it is. (laughs) 
Yeah. He's agnostic yeah. to the morality of it. Okay, do, do we're you know, back, Andy. You, we're back. Do, do you want that quaint notion that, that when he walks in and says, like Mel Tucker did, oh, this is a destination job. And by the way, if, <laughs> if Mel Tucker wins a national title and they offer him $195 million, he can take it too if he wants to. It's free enterprise. This is the way America works. How about the fact that it, it looks like Lincoln Rally is too scurred to take his Sooners into the SEC when it happens? Well, he wants none said, of that smoke, right? He said he said earlier he was not in favor of going to the SEC. Uh, yeah. So now, and, and and I read this too, and I guess this wasn't the case when Pete Carroll was there. You talk about ramping up expectations, but they say if Lincoln Riley goes to USC and wins nine games a year, he's a hero. <laughs> yeah. Well, the USC thing, I'll tell you this: that stadium they had for their senior night against Utah was an embarrassment. I mean, yeah. the Coliseum, Andy, was a third full. And don't say, well, they've had a bad year and they fired their coach. Florida's the same way. Florida filled their stadium against Florida State and played some bad football, but it was filled. The swamp was to the brim. Southern California football has lost the plot. It has, and and some of it has to do with the NFL going back there. Uh, I would argue that, yes. Be- some of it has to do with the fact that the uh, USC is not a national title contender. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that, that, that add up to that. And uh, yeah. And then we're coming off the COVID. So I don't know how many people are anxious to get back in the stadium. You know, yeah. that, that's still a factor. I think, uh, I think I all those things are there. So let's see, you're a 19 year old kid who busted your ass all week for Oklahoma state. You laid it on the line. Your knee is all fucked up. You're bruised. Your back hurts. You can barely get out of bed. Your coaches yelled at you for the last week. And then you wake up on Sunday morning and you read your phone. Oh, coach is gone. Great. You got no problem. You got no problem with that, Andy. Well, if you really love playing for that coach and the way the transfer portal works now, you can go with him. (laughs) Which, by the way, some are saying they could he could, if he wants to take the quarterback, uh, Caleb, uh, what's his name? I want to Caleb say Williams. Yep. Caleb, yeah, yeah, not yep. I, I keep thinking Gonzaga High School. My my first thought is Caleb Haney, who once played no. for the Bears in the NFC Championship game for an injured gay, Jay Cutler. I have no idea why. I remember so that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Caleb Williams, local boy, huh? Yeah, he's local. He and he can go and he can and he can up the amount of money he's getting for name, image, and likeness if he goes to Hollywood. He's got to play two more years of college football. And if he really likes Lincoln Riley and he knows Lincoln Riley creates Heisman Trophy winners, let him go to USC. Why doesn't a booster? who's got a company in L.A., give Caleb Williams a million-dollar deal. He could play for a million dollars the next two years. A million-dollar endorsement deal. Nothing prevents it. Wow. By the way, this <laughs> this was the best uh, gif or the best meme I saw tweeted about Lincoln Rally up and leaving all of a sudden. It was, it was Magic Johnson on his way out with the Lakers. <laughs> I've been talking to people walking here. We've been talking about next year, and I'm sitting there saying, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> He's, been, he's making that Magic Johnson smile. He's like, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, boom to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site 
to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, did you see, because your daughter is a Badger, did you see any of the Wisconsin-Minnesota yeah. games? I did. I flipped it back and forth. But I was mostly on Alabama, but I did see some of it. Yeah. All right. Paul Christ, bless his heart. He's a good coach, but he had an all-time brain fart. Fourth and one in their own territory, like at the 30, down 10 with under five minutes to go, sends out the punt team. They then get a penalty, five yards. It makes it fourth and six. They then call a timeout, and then they decide to go for it, finally. He admits, we didn't handle it very well. And I'm like, we? How about you? Imagine being the coach of a team down 10 with under five to go, fourth and one, and you're like, well, we better punt it. the fuck? Yeah, Yeah, that's a bad call. No question. He's an offense. He's a former quarterback. I know. Quarterbacks always go for it. Uh, So potential chaos is coming. Let's assume Georgia beats um, uh, Alabama. Alabama. Let's assume Michigan beats Iowa. Let's Mm -hmm. assume Cincinnati wins. There's three of your four right there, right? No questions Mm -hmm. asked. No questions asked. So then the fourth would come down to some sort of, uh, I don't know how you figure it out from there, do you? Well, it's 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 probably going to be either Michigan, uh, either Notre Dame or Oklahoma State, and I, I don't. You know, I it probably would be Oklahoma State if it is Oklahoma State, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, in some order behind Georgia, which would be number one. Are you cool with that? No, no, I, I you you're know, not. I, I, no, I I think I would like to see Alabama in it, and I don't know how you can justify it even if they play a reasonably close game with Georgia because of the way they almost lost to Auburn. So, right. uh, and I, 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 I don't want to see Notre Dame lose by 50 points again. I don't want to see that. 
Um, Cincinnati would be a nice, fun story. They're going to lose by 50 points. We kind of so. know that, that Ohio State and Alabama, no matter what, yeah. are two of the top five-ish teams in the country, right? Right. We know that right. inherently, right? Yeah, but, but you, you can't, can't just jam. You can't just jam yeah. them in there. What if no. Iowa beats Michigan? That it gets interesting. <laughs> then, <laughs> yes. then, then you're ta- then you're talking about the possibility of both Notre Dame and Oklahoma State making it. All right. How about Iowa beats Michigan? How about Houston beats Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. And how about who does Texas Tech play? Or who in the Texas Tech? Who does uh, Oklahoma State play? Uh, they play, I guess, for the Big Twelve Championship. Whoever that is, I don't know. Okay, uh, let's say they but, all lose. Let's say all three of them lose. Right. I mean, if right. Alabama wins, it's easy; they're in. Mm-hmm. But let's say Georgia wins, and yeah. then and then it's that. I mean, you're talking about a complete mix of teams like Notre Dame, Ohio State, Baylor, even Oregon, even in theory, yeah. Michigan State, even. I mean, Oklahoma, which fell a bunch after this loss. Woo-hoo! It just seems to me from from watching that there are two teams better than everybody else, Alabama and Georgia, and yeah. that's it. And, yeah. and, I, and maybe maybe Michigan will be competitive. Maybe. I don't know. But but they're, they're better. Should Aiden Hutchinson be considered for the Heisman Trophy? Defensive player. Incredible uh, defensive be. lineman for Michigan who uh, yeah. set the school record for sacks. He was he was awesome on Saturday. Um, you know, Rod Woodson was primarily a defensive player. He played some offense for Michigan. That's probably why he won. Beat Peyton Manning, who most people thought would win. Uh, there was a guy about forty years ago named Hugh Green who played at Pitt, who was a great great player, uh, and I think came in like second or third as a defensive end. They've had some close close before. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there a dominant offensive player right now? The running back for Michigan State's really good, but is there a, is there a dominant offensive player this year? No, I don't think so. No, yeah. not really. I, I would love to see a Heisman Trophy that really considers all positions and all players, but because right. there's all these positional awards, they just generally never do it. By the way, Oklahoma State is a five point favorite against Baylor, eighth ranked Baylor. Baylor. So they are a seventh ranked Oklahoma State over eighth ranked Baylor. Baylor. It's going to be a hell of a Saturday coming up in college football. Okay, uh, more on the NFL. Back to them for a second. Um, Thanksgiving Day game with the Cowboys and uh, and the Raiders drew the highest rating since 1990. Most watched games since 1990, 38 million viewers, and yet all people talked about afterwards was the 28 flags that were thrown. Your Your thoughts on this sort of conundrum that on the one hand, people are screaming mad about the quality of the product. On the other hand, they're gobbling it up. Yeah, now here's, here's something I don't understand about television sets in use. Now, maybe overall NFL watching was down because he didn't have fans in the stands last year. But also, Thanksgiving gatherings were probably smaller last year. Huh. So, you know, we, we had this year 15 people, and all 15 were sitting around watching the, the, the game of uh, Dallas and, and the Raiders. You're wondering how would they be counted if you were a Nielsen family? Yeah, like last year, it would seem to be there yeah, would be know. more sets in use because there are more people like we did. We had a, a four-person Thanksgiving. Well, apparently know? the TV, and that's where I should talk to somebody who really knows media, but apparently the, the TV Nielsen ratings boxes that they put on top of your TV – uh, or right. I guess you can't put it on top anymore. They're all flat screens. You put it near your uh, the front of your TV. Apparently, they can see p- 
people and count oh. the people within oh. eye shot of the TV. So if I grandpa's see. sleeping around the corner in the Barca lounger, he's probably not going to count as a viewer. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Then that makes, that makes more sense because I, it, it's hard, you know, maybe, maybe more people were watching anyway. Uh, but it just seems like if you had more Thanksgiving dinners last year, different yeah. locales, more yeah. TV sets in use. So, so the product is shit. And yet it's still the most incredible product ever. And it's oh, why they, it's why the networks had just re-upped for a collective $110 billion for 12 years. Fox, ESPN, NBC, CBS. $110 billion over 12 years into the future might have gotten away with a steal, right? Well, uh, Andrew Brandt put that out. He said, you know, this this might be a deal that actually works out better for the networks, the $110 billion. And then Andrew Marshan, who covers radio yeah. TV for the New York Post, said, no, no, no. NFL can opt out in 2027. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which they certainly will, right, when it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it, as big a boob as I think Goodell is, uh, I think he's instrumental in making those kind of moves. I mean, I don't think he did that negotiating himself, but he's got somebody who knows TV and made that deal happen. Yeah. So, you know, if the ratings are better than they even expect, then they'll ask for even more money. And meantime, they're watering down the TV numbers because they keep selling the streaming rights to various places. I know. So. I don't know. It's just working well for everybody. Two great lines for my wife over the weekend. One was watching a goal line rushing attempt, which went nowhere for like the second in a row. She goes, what, is throwing it not a thing? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what a lot of fans think when, it, when the run doesn't work. And then when you throw too much and that doesn't work, you're like, run the ball. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to being well, an NFL yeah, fan. She also said at one point she popped in, she goes, oh, Tom Brady, how's he doing? And I said, well, why don't you pull up a chair and I'll tell you. I had to explain. He's still really good at 44. He just won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, he's on a team that could probably win the Super Bowl again this year. So what the fuck? He's doing pretty good, right? Yeah. He's yeah. doing good. Yeah, he's, he's and what? Belichick's doing good. That's the thing. The Patriots right, so moved to 8-4. and four, So the answer of who was it, Belichick or Brady, the answer is both. Yeah, who knows? Well, I mean, and, and how about – a Super Bowl between the two of them in Los Angeles. Oh. Yeah. couple of the quick ones here, Andy. Apparently there's going to be more Sean Taylor marketing related to the Washington football team. They said on April 1st of next year, which is his birthday, they're going to have another Sean Taylor celebration memorial and launch the Sean Taylor Foundation. No, they botched the last one, so this is a make good. Is that what they're they're planning to do? If I, I'm a fan of the team, I say enough. I say yeah. this is creepy. This is not right. This is everyone's like, oh, the fourteenth year, fourteenth anniversary today of Sean Taylor's death. Enough already. It was a it's exploitation. It really it, is. It really is. It's kind of pathetic, actually. Um tonight, you got a good feeling about the Seahawks game for the Wooft? Um you know, I mean, the, the, seeing the way that that uh, that the Charlotte played today, that the, the Panthers. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, Cam Newton you know, got I mean, benched. He sucks. Cam, Cam the- Newton cannot throw the ball. Everybody went. Well, why isn't Ron Rivera picking him up? Well, Ron Rivera knows he can't throw, and, yeah. and he and and whoever was doing the game last week uh, kept talking about the great arm strength of of, of Cam Newton. It looked like every throw he made, he was putting everything he had into it. All six five. 
of his body. And I, I just don't think he can throw the football anymore. Yeah. I think he's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, John Wall could be returning to the court for the Houston Rockets. They let him uh, sit on his ass, collect his $40 million a year because they were going to try to trade him. And now mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, nobody wants you. And he's like, well, shit, I better keep loose and play a little basketball. Why not, right? The Rockets are terrible. Right. But the latest is they said you can come off the bench, and he said no thanks. So he's going to sit. I'm so glad the Wizards are done with him. Oh, oh. my God. Great did, trade, Tommy Shepard. Two great trades to did, get what they got from Did him. Uncle yep. Teddy dodge a bullet on that one to get him out just before it all collapsed? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So it goes. All right, Andy, I know you've got to uh, break down the Bryson versus Brooks uh, exhibition match for your show Monday <laughs> on the Sports Capital, 6.10 a.m. 6.30. 6.30 a.m. in Washington, yes. D.C. What time will that be on? I'm on from 10 to, uh, well, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, I'm on from 9 to 12. Usually I'm on from like 10 to 12. Okay, so, full breakdown go. of how Bryson couldn't putt in that thing, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw every every putt. Didn't they only play 12 holes? They did, yeah. Uh, All right, Andy. We'll see you next week. Thanks. I watched it. I watched a good portion of it. It sucked. It, It just sucked on so many levels. It did nothing, I think, as a golf fan for the game of golf. Yes, there was a lot of chatter. Yes, Phil Mickelson was all over it, going back and forth. Yes, there was some digs along the way. No, the two don't like each other, but they didn't fight or anything. There was no real sick burns. And uh, Bryson DeChambeau was all over the place and missed a bunch of putts. What I thought was rich was that Charles Barkley was there just talking about gambling and about, oh, I had a bunch of money on Nebraska and they lost. By the way, Nebraska losing nine times this year. Nine times, as the saying goes. Um, What movie was that from? Nine times. Uh, by single digits, which is apparently a new record in college football. That's apparently a record. Anyway, Barkley like, ah, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money, and he's cautioning Brooks Kepka, careful out there in Vegas, man. That town will get you. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm okay. I'm not a degenerate. Barkley, you know, right there with FanDuel, promoting gambling during the match. And I'm like, this is a guy that stiffed the MGM Grand on several million dollars in unpaid markers, and they had to come out and publicly call him out about this. I mean, he is the Teflon Don, Charles Barkley. Nothing sticks to him. Got a DOI. Didn't lose his job because of that. I guess if you're funny, and if you're humble, and you treat everyone nice, you do whatever you want. Anyway, uh, after the uh, match, Bryson, or excuse me, uh, Brooks Kepka met with Coach K, Duke was in town. Uh, they had an incredible comeback win against Gonzaga. And Floyd Mayweather sat courtside with him. So he was the full douchebag route, Brooks Kepka. He's a really good player. And I said for a while I was kind of feeling his vibe. Nah, I'm off of him. I am totally off. He is so plastic. He's really actually kind of weird. Like he tries so hard to be cool when being cool naturally should be easy. He is good looking. He is great at golf, but it's always, always an effort with him. No laying up tweeted. The match wasn't close. The audio was all over the place. The course was a joke and the players didn't really engage yet. It was still 
A few of the most entertaining hours of TV golf this year. Fun for hardcore fans and casual fans alike. The match continues to deliver. That must be no laying up trying to get access to next the next one. That's some ass kissing right there. No laying up, you're better than that. Trust me. I, I think so. I think you're better than that. I'm not sure, though. You guys are golfers. You love the game. It was not good. Not good for the game of golf. And then there is this. Headline. Malaysian man accused of having sex with goat, facing 20 years in jail. Wow, they don't, they don't mess around in Malaysia, do they? The most savage response tweet to this came from Jesse Kelly. Man, there's being in a slump, and then there's being in a slump. <laughs> and with that, we're done for today. Thank you so much for listening. Tomorrow, special Solly Scott Tuesday subscriber-only podcast. I've promised my weekly chats with Scott and Solly would be for subscribers only. So tomorrow in your regular free feed, you're going to go, wait, what? Where's my Tuesday podcast? Well, you'll have to plunk down your five bucks American per month. I know, it could break you that five bucks cup of coffee a month to get it. But I want to fulfill and stay true to my promise of keeping the old show, the old classic Zabe show with Scott and Sally behind the old paywall. And I've arranged, because my week is weird, to go out there, drive an hour out of my way, bring my roadcaster, bring my microphones down to Scott's basement. I don't have the new van yet to get the quality that I demand and that I need. Because many of you said, ah, the quality was fine with those guys on Friday. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. So I... I burn the fossil fuels. I spend the time. I'll do it right tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spread the word about the Zabecast as a great everyday, Monday through Friday, go-to source for good sports content. No bullshit. Great insight from a radio veteran who can speak his mind and say fuck every now and then and not get censored for it. Spread the word far and wide. I'm alive, people. I'm here. I'm alive. And we will see you next time. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie, and when you win, get paid.